hello and welcome back to season two. Oh, that feels great to say. Welcome back to season two of Game and Study. Uh, I took my hiatus, um, took January off just to start thinking about what kind of content I want to create for you guys. So I'm sorry for no content and it has been a while, but you know, it was my vacation time. So yeah, uh, if you guys get that reference, it's from Aqua Teen Hunger Force, one of my favorite shows I've ever watched. So if you guys haven't seen it, you guys should. <coughs> Sorry for that. So like I said, this is the mark of season two of Game and Study, and we're moving pretty quickly. And I wanted to use this show to talk about things that are of interest to me. And I feel like during January, I felt that I'm limiting myself to the game side of things, even though the game side is why we started this. But you guys have been with me on this journey. So I want to expose you guys to different things that I love to talk about and I love to hear. So um, I want to talk about different things this season um, because this is my show and not yours. So expect album reviews, uh, single reviews, uh, some pop culture references, and everything in between while having your standard game and study programming. Now, my plan is to keep producing content. And as you guys know is I'm a senior here at the university and my time is running short here, but that doesn't mean our time together will. Um, so we're only getting started here at um, Game and Study, and I hope you guys stick along for the ride. Today's episode is special. We're going to be talking about black representation in gaming and the move towards more inclusion of more races within the gaming spectrum. So what that means is I'm not going to shame the gaming industry. I'm not going to shame the use of stereotypes that have been portrayed in the past. What I want to do for this episode is truly make it a all call. I want developers to realize I want players to realize I want writers to realize that there's a need for um, new representation in gaming whereas we see with Black Panther who now in its second weekend has over 700 million dollars in the box office it shows that people like me and um, people of the African American race want to see themselves on the screen give something for our children the next generation uh, to really look up to because I when I was younger, I was looking up to Peter Parker and um, different comic book heroes like that, you know, uh, Steve Rogers and uh, Tony Stark. But um, what I truly wanted was more people like Static Shock or um, Cyborg, more more people that I know that look like me on the screen. And I believe this episode can kind of share light of what I think about the gaming industry, what the trend for this is going towards and i'm gonna give you guys a lot of examples um i think i got four in total for you today so we're gonna get to this new break and shout outs to um black panther though for really being an inspiration and really being something that i want to hear when um thinking about diversity and really creating inclusion for different races and I had to change the break music up this time. Uh, and I chose Wakanda by Louis Gergson. Uh, I'm sorry, but like uh, uh, he, he actually helps out Childish Gambino a lot. Um, so if you guys know me, uh, know that I really love Childish Gambino. So when I heard Louis was doing the soundtrack, I was like, yep, that's going to be one of my break tracks uh, for this episode. So. I hope you guys enjoy, and we'll talk right after this break.
Ah, uh, that's beautiful. So our case study today means a lot to me. With Black Panther coming out this past month, it really shows me the drive to watch and consume media that shares a commonality with me and my image. I read Black Panther when I was young because it was a superhero that looked like me. I read Spider-Man that specifically had Miles Morales in there because he shared the same con commonality as me. Those characters helped me create all the characters for my video games or for my novels, for my short stories, um, different personas. All of those characters gave me the creative mindset that I needed to create something like me on paper. Now, the need to create something with a black character extends past the hashtag culture craze that we have right now. It extends to motivation and inspiration for the next generation of creators, dreamers, and makers of this world. So, like I said, this case study means a lot. And it's still Black History Month, so we're going to keep it popping. So, in this episode, we're going to discuss three or four characters, see how they're portrayed, the role within a narrative, and how impactful they are to myself and how I see them as a creative landmark in gaming and in my mindset. So, the first character we're going to talk about today is Lucio. After reading some of a study published in 2009 by the University of Southern California, yo, shout out to my boy Ava Moss. You know, he's holding it down there at USC and really helped me out this summer, so fight on my brother. The list of prominent black characters looks a lot shorter than I thought it would. On this list, it housed around 120 black characters, and... I want to look at black characters that appear in different genres. So today we're going to talk about shooters, we're going to talk about narrative-driven characters, and we're going to talk about open-world narrative-driven characters. So the main difference in there is ones I'm mainly focused on the interaction of the character within the story, and then one I'm going to focus on with the character interacting with people around them along with the story. So basically just think of GTA and then a more linear game like uh, Tomb Raider, kind of like that. Uh, so we're going to look at Lucio first. He's from Overwatch, he's, and that fulfills our shooter genre. And I know what you guys are thinking right now, but Anthony, Lucio isn't black. He's Brazilian. And you know what I say to that? Boy, if you don't sit that butt down and let me explain, he has melanin, don't he? He got color in his skin. Makes him black to me. You know, uh, <laughs> uh, that that's just me being silly, but he really does have ties to his African roots and his African-based culture, along with being Brazilian, which leads me to my first point of mixed races being represented in video games and how you don't have to have that african-american designation to represent color on the screen um, many afro designed characters come from diverse backgrounds and we see this a lot in fighters we see this in Dev um dead or alive with zach or we see this in tekken with eddie gordo and christine uh now I am an Eddie Gordo stan. I've been an Eddie Gordo fan since Tag 1, and I actually won my first tournament using Eddie. Again, uh, because he looked like me, and I wanted to excel because there's finally a character that looks like me in a main game. So the use of him being Brazilian and having ties to that African heritage we get a lot of uh, references when creating their character models, their backstories, and stuff like that. The fighting style that Eddie and Christine, Christina uses is um, Caparella, which is cool. It, it, it has a style of break dancing and um, using your energy and your um, use of rhythm to use force to fight against someone else. And that is a part of the Brazilian heritage, which gives them a even added layer of depth um, that combines 
that combines their Afro uh, heritage along with their um, Brazilian heritage. And not every character is Afro-Brazilian. I understand that, but they bring so much more to the table when it is somebody of mixed race um, that hold um, their culture really close to their skin. And even though they're writing that character, they breathe life um, by using research and actually looking into the cultures that they're portraying within their different characters within their game. So this leads me to shed light on Lucio because I did tell you guys that he is Brazilian, Afro-Brazilian, um, but if you guys don't play Overwatch or know what Overwatch is, let me give you guys a little light on Lucio and the game he's in. So Overwatch is a shooter, first-person shooter, where um, you guys get to pick individual characters, and they all have individual roles to play. So you can be a support, which is what Lucio is, or you can be a damage carry, uh, which is uh, Soldier 76, McCree, or you can be a tank, which is Reinhardt or Arissa, or you can play defense, which is Junkrat and Bastion. Um, those characters really don't mean anything. I was just giving you examples, so if you guys want to go look, you could. So, Lucio's official description in Overwatch is, Lucio is an international celebrity who inspires social change through his music and actions. He has a positive, upbeat attitude and is always looking towards the future. Now, the reason I brought this quote from the official wiki is because how they're portraying Lucio is great. I love the use of upbeat, uh, positive, uh, social change uh, through music and his actions. And that's very interesting because the two cultures that he identifies with has very strong ties to music and social change. So throughout the game, um, you, you can learn more about Lucio um, and really see his true motivations within game. Also, Lucio was born in Rio de Janeiro in a small favela stricken by a financial burden because of the Omnic crisis. Now, I'm not going to go into too much of the lore, but if you're interested uh, in learning more about Lucio, tweet at me and we'll do a lore breakdown of, of the character or any other character um, that we talk about in this show. So I'll put those links below. Lucio used oppression and... Uh, that financial burden because of like the crisis that was going on outside of his control to incite change and his use of technology, even though it is stolen, but the use of technology um, that he, he that he has to on his fingertips really inspires social change, not only in that small favela, but in Brazil and then around the world. Uh, Lucio is seen as a beacon of hope for people around him. And in game, his voice lines show that. Uh, he has genuine um, interactions with a lot of characters. My favorite one is with D.Va, and he asks for D.Va's autograph because she's a pro StarCraft player, um, and she goes, only if I can get yours first, which shows how much pull he has. You have a, a professional Korean player who f truly believes in a message that Lucio is giving off, which is different than um, a lot of characters back in the day that was portrayed, um, or a lot of African-American characters that were portrayed earlier in the gaming-like industry. So with a lot of the lore and background out of the way, uh, I see a lot of motivating factors that occur in a... In a ton of Afro-based characters and their backstories, which makes them very appealing. And that being that they usually serve a different, deeper purpose than shallow wants and needs. Uh, let's bring up Steve Fox. In Tekken, Steve Fox is there to fight and show that he's, you know, the best. Whereas um, Eddie is fighting more for his corporation and his family. And that's always a big tie with um, people of Afro descent within games. They're always fighting for something more. They're always fighting for something deeper. And I love that. I want to explore that. 
and I want that to be on the screen. I want to play as that. I want to see the struggle they go through. I want to see why they have this sign of hope. Why why is hope what they're clinging on to? Just give me more, you know? Just give me a lot more. Uh, Lucio also has ties to music, which is something I find interesting because they mix a lot of Latin and Brazilian-based culture within his EDM music. And you can always hear hints of it when you hit the crossfade from one track to another, which is an ability that allows him to heal or deal damage. Um, So uh, when Lucio um, hits the crossfade, you can hear the two different tracks. And both those tracks have like tinges of Afro inspired slash hip hop inspired slash Brazilian inspired music, which just really shows all of his diversity in one track. And it's so innovative. Blizzard did a really good job at creating Lucio and making him more than just a blip of color. They gave him life. They gave Lucio meaning, which is again, just all I want. <laughs> uh, now, while we're on the topic of music, I want to dispel the myth of black characters having to be rappers. Now, Lucio is a DJ. Zach is a DJ from Dead or Alive. But a lot of African-American characters that I remember playing as uh, were rappers or they had a rap career at one point or they're gangsters or something like that. And we'll, we'll definitely touch that stereotype later, but... Uh, I want to dispel this myth of black characters have to be rappers if they're going to be present in your game. Now, Sam B, if you guys remember Dead or Alive, Dead, Dead or Alive, Dead Island, uh, Sam B is the is that stereotype of what I'm talking about. Uh, Sam B is a typical black rapper, gangster archetype, and this use of the archetype can be used tastefully and shouldn't be discounted, but when you want them as a figurehead of your game, I don't think that them as rappers make make for a good storyline for them. Whereas with Sam B, a different motivator could have created a deeper character that we saw. Um, Lewis within Left 4 Dead 2 or Left 4 Dead 1 um, was a really good black figurehead for that shooter genre. Uh, He was not a rapper. He was a businessman from what I think because he had a suit on uh, in the game. And it, it just shows that we don't have to be us as young black youth that are looking at our games for creativeness, we don't have to be rappers to be relevant within a game. We can be businessmen. We can be lawyers. We can literally be anything we want. We don't have to stick to this one mode of, you know, um, representation. Another character that falls into this stereotype is OG Look, which (laughs) this man had a great chance to become a good discussion piece about a black gay character but um he becomes a typical grand theft auto style like side character he's used as a joke and a progression of the story now i understand san andreas is a really old game it's very dated but og lock really had the potential of addressing like a a really cool issue of being a black gay character in a gang, and also being a rapper. That could be something so cool if, you know, Rockstar wanted to pursue OG Locke as a main character. Just seeing how he deals with everyday interactions and how he changes his style up to make people agree or listen to his, like, different differing point of view. So... It, it's it's just weird because within the game, you, you can see that it has that stereotype of being African-American and being a rapper and being a homosexual. They cannot mix. 
but as a joke, it doesn't help the argument at all. It uh, really doesn't progress um, black representation at all. It uses us as a mark or a stand for um, the butt of the joke rather than using it as an empowering tool for those in those designations that are going through that right there. Um, OG Locke could have been someone really cool and we could have talked about uh, as somebody that was pushing the boundaries back in 2006, 2005, around that area, really pushing the boundaries of not only an African-American character in video games, but a gay um, character within a mainstay video game. Now that I did my small piece on rapping and rappers as a uh, stereotype, back to the topic of black identification within video games. The use of Afrocentric characters can lead to more focus on race identification and what makes those characters unique to their own culture. Fighting games and shooters, when they include Afrocentric characters, always think of different diverse backgrounds um, and backstories for these characters. Whereas it's the combination of two races or a singular race, they're always applauded for using color within their games. And I love the I love the inclusion, don't get me wrong, but I feel like they shouldn't just be applied for, oh, we have a black character in our game. No. I believe they should be applauded for making them an integral part within the game, making the story vital uh, that they have a black character, vital that that character is in the story and he wasn't just pushed there because they were like, oh, we need diversity. Um and once we and once we get past that, oh, we just need diversity, um, we can fully realize and fully see like a developed African American Afro based character in um our games on a steady steady regular basis. Um it's more than selling games, it's more than just having that black person on the box art. It means more if that character truly innovates and changes the story and is a pivotal pop point. Like I said, I love inclusion, but I want more. Give them a compelling story. Make them the Ryu, the Goku, or the Terry of a story. Make them one of the characters on the box even, you know, like oh, on Street Fighter V, what if, um, God, I'm blanking on some characters right now. What if Balrog was the main uh, character on the Street Fighter V box. Like, how different would that be? You wouldn't think the game is about Ryu anymore. You'll think the game is about Balrog. And just think about the interactions you can go with that because not many people know of his story, his storyline. That could be such a really cool, unique spin on a tried-and-true franchise that sticks to Ryu and Ken. Why not do Balrog versus um, M. Bison? That that sounds cool. Uh, I think that would be really cool. Or uh, Balrog versus Guile or somebody. I think I think changing those storylines, changing uh, perception, and adding representation can really add creativity to the industry as we see it right now. With that being said, I love the fighting game industry. I love fighters. And I have nothing wrong with roster inclusion. I just want to see more in-depth characters. Black, white, Asian. Really doesn't matter. I love story. It does I I say it doesn't matter, but um what I mean by that is I really just want to see more compelling storylines. Uh interactive storylines between multiple characters and really seeing how the representation can be used not as a diversity stamp but as a integral part in a story. Now we can get on to our second character which is Lincoln Clay. Okay now if you guys played Mafia 3 I think I know what you're going to say. You're going to say <clears throat> So, uh, Anthony, isn't Lincoln like CJ in San Andreas? Isn't he just another stereotypical black role of someone who solves things with guns and violence? A gang member. And my answer 
is to look deeper into your questions. Lincoln has a really concrete motivation that aren't really tied to the mafia that he's with. And his personal touches within the story and how he gathered everybody around him to make his own mafia of sorts isn't because he wants to control the mob or control that. He wants to control New Bordeaux because he's seen what people are doing to his home city. Uh, it's not uh, Grove Street ballers versus uh, their rival um, next door to see who can own that next block. It's the fate of the city is wrapped around what Lincoln can do with these people that he has recruited himself and what motivations that he has to push the story next. He is trying to stop corruption that he has seen, and it makes it even a deeper layer than um, just the mafia surface. It gives him a deeper character development, like I was saying, compared to CJ. And also, the mafia's interaction is manifested over a story. And the mafia, to me, felt like a side factor rather than, hey, this is for the mob. It felt like this is for Lincoln and the mob comes with Lincoln. Um, but the character itself presents depth that games like San Andreas just couldn't present. But keep the series in mind, though, because we will go back and talk about CJ. Um, so Lincoln is where the right way to more in-depth representation starts. What I mean by that is Lincoln shows what black characters are capable of in a AAA game. Um, Mafia 3 was one of my most hyped about releases last year because I felt a connection to Lincoln. I loved seeing that one trailer with Jimi Hendrix playing in the background all along the watchtower and seeing Lincoln uh, driving the lowrider around uh, the swamps of New Bordeaux, just really seeing a brand new environment with a brand new kind of protagonist. And Lincoln presented that next step in black representation in gaming. Uh, so let's talk about Mafia the series. Mafia... Um, I've, I'm only familiar with Mafia 2, so people that are really into the game, don't kill me. Um, uh, Mafia, uh, their main characters mainly used to be New York Italians. And with Mafia's 3 inclusion of Lincoln, uh, we have a brand new setting that isn't based off New York or um, where the mob is typically set. It was set in New Bordeaux, which is based off of New Orleans. And this right there, when you hear New Orleans, you already can see like the ghost tours, the the different kind of food they offered, the culture, Bourbon Street. You can see how that can manifest into a brand new experience for somewhere that has the melanin or has like that culture around them can really thrive in. It gives a brand new history to explore. Um, we have a hundred thousand games set in New York. We have a hundred thousand games set in that California area, but nothing really has that down South, that Louisiana, that deep South feel that mafia three got to explore because they gave themselves the opportunity of using a Afrocentric character from that region to create a brand new culture, uh, in that series. Also, it gives a lot more color to the cast, both figuratively and literally. Uh, while while being in Louisiana, you have to run into people of the same complexion as Lincoln. Therefore, that gives them a chance to be more than just side characters you see on the street with random lines. It gives them more of a chance to become pivotal parts within the story, where that's a sideline mission dedicated directly to them, or the inclusion of one of uh, the characters as a main party member for Lincoln. So that's, that's I iconic to me because it's giving not only one 
black uh, character, the limelight, but two, 10, 20, multiple main characters that is not only close to Lincoln, but it's close to that Afrocentric representation that I'm talking about today. Now, uh, in Mafia 3, we see Lincoln's ties to the church and how the reverend um, was very important, who is also black. And it just, you know, just really puts black representation in a really good limelight because not only is your main character of African descent, uh, the leaders of the church are also Af of African um, descent. One of the main uh, territory leaders is of African descent, and she studies in traditional New Orleans-style voodoo and history. So that right there is something unique. Not every game can tap into such a rich history that New, New Orleans has or that New Bordeaux show. So it, it's just very interesting seeing how how deep, much deeper creators and writers can be when they're dealing with a more diverse cast on a consistent basis. In-depth character uh, arts equates to a deeper story. Lincoln's character art gave way to so many cool uh, side stories from Duncan to each of the territorial um, mafia rulers. They each had their own unique style of story and how Lincoln had to interact with each one of those different territories to unlock a brand new side party, uh, who I really think benefited from Lincoln's culture and uh, diverse nature is Donovan, the FBI agent that Lincoln worked with and w was in the Army with. Uh, he, You can really see a progression as you grow with Lincoln, he grows with you as well, and all the interactions between you two seem more genuine, and you start seeing how Lincoln and Donovan interacted within the Army. So uh, having a diverse background can create diverse dialogues, which can create even more diverse characters for writers to immerse the player within. Now, you're probably asking, oh, this is all fine and dandy. Yeah, black people, woo, put them, in, put them on our games. But does it sell? Oh, yes. Oh, yes, it can sell. Mafia 3 was the largest launch of a Mafia game in the UK, selling over 4.6 copies upon week one release. Mafia 3 also outperformed its predecessors overseas and is setting pace to continue to sell well within the U.S. And I believe the unique inclusion of Lincoln led to the revival of the series. People are interested in Mafia because they loved how new and fresh it looked because you changed it up from the typical Italian-based New York-style Mafia member to the Afrocentric character who uses culture, uh, brings something brand new to the table that not many games prior to it did. And there's so much that can be explored when having a brand new setting, a unique character within that setting that feeds off of its environment. Lincoln fed off of New Bordeaux and made New Bordeaux feel alive. Compared to in New York, uh, let's say, in a Liberty City-esque GTA 4. We already know what New York City and Liberty City entails, and the town itself didn't feel like it responded with Nico. You know, it, it Nico, who is the main character of GTA 4. Uh, it, the city didn't respond to him, whereas in, in Lincoln's case, you can turn around the corner and see, like, uh black uh characters having lunch together and they look and go oh hi lincoln how's it going and it just feels more genuine and alive and lincoln lincoln's demeanor put that in too yeah he he his demeanor just really put that into perspective and how um he just 
he just really put it in perspective, and it was it was such a good game to play. I I felt motivated to play the game and beat it because of Lincoln, and because I felt for his character arc, I wanted to see it complete. I wanted to experience every ending. I I experienced the one ending where he didn't kill his constituents and he became the big mafia boss and then walked away from it. Um, I experienced uh, him killing everybody in that room. I experienced each each ending because I want to see how the character arc change and the development changes after um, each and every ending, which was very um, unique and cool. And I think Take Two did a really good they did a really good job with discussing and creating a character that was more than just being black. They created a character that used culture and diversity to tell a really unique and deep story. Before we get to our last uh, huge character analysis, um, I want to take another break. Um, give everybody a chance to recover after all that information um but as of right now uh what we've talked about is really just the want and the need for more black inclusion more black representation and it gives way to some really really cool and unique styles of writing and character development so hopefully you guys uh enjoyed enjoyed that segment um got one more then we're gonna wrap it up so let's lead to this break Hello and welcome back. So our last character analysis will be, yes, the big daddy of them all. What game is it? What game is it? It's Grand Theft Auto, guys. We're going to be comparing CJ and Franklin. Yes, I know. I know I'm comparing CJ and Franklin, not because CJ wasn't a good step in character representation, but just to show how far we've come and the need for more black representation within gaming. So why not look at one of the most successful franchises and how they handled African-Americans as their main character and main plot points in, in their different games. So let me give you a few stats on the two games. San Andreas has sold over 21.5 million copies, which makes it the third highest in the series. But GTA 5 has sold 80 million copies, making it the highest seller in the series. And it's still $59.99. Now, that game came out while I was in high school. I want to say 2013, 2014, around that time. And it's still worth $60. Like, the only game that I know that has kept its huge price tag like that is Melee. It's crazy. Like, that game goes through periodic sales, of course, but most of the time it's still $60. Like, even on your digital platforms, it's still $60, and it's it's just crazy. Now, CJ, he's the typical GTA protagonist, you know, uh, falls into that um, gangster-type archetype. And actually, CJ was a rapper. Um, in the story, uh, OG Locke actually says CJ used to write rhymes. So it's, like, really cool, really interesting. Just to see, like, how how big that trope was back in the day. Um, 
he falls into that stereotype but doesn't get out of it which which is what i wanted from uh cj while doing this research and um watching uh and reading about his character he 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 tries to get out of the gangster archetype when he uh prior to the game uh but during the game he sticks with his gang and his gang motivates him to move forward within the story not him motivating himself to move out of the story you, you know what i'm saying like it was him it was him reflecting on what's happened within the game and to his family that allowed him to let the game dictate how the story is going to progress he allowed big smoke and like all these external characters to progress him and not him progressing for himself so his character arc falls kind of flat but again uh we're comparing a game that was made in 24 14 2013 era to a game that was made in 0506 era um sorry if i get my dates wrong uh but um around those eras uh he's just really flat as a character <laughs> sorry he's just really flat as a character his arc is very straightforward and like i said i know it's an older game but point a to point b i got the gang with me and they with me forever we ride we die we ballers till we die and you know uh even though i think cj was a gross street boy um but it doesn't matter they they're the they gangsters to the day they die that's how they identify themselves and it showed what we were capable at that time as a main character in a large series and i believe if it wasn't for cj we wouldn't have gotten franklin later on which uh franklin is what i think the best representation of a black character that we have in a triple a game um that isn't make your own rpg character so uh i'm taking out mass effect um any game that i can change the main character's skin color to brown doesn't count so i'm sorry for all you rpg fans out there um this is strictly for games with writers that write for that write that have black characters as their main uh trope now if you guys know about gta 5 uh franklin wasn't even supposed to be a main character um they actually wrote him in late and he turns the gangster paradigm on its head he associates more with everyone around him and not on, and not just the gang. So when you see Sweet and Franklin interact, you you can tell that Franklin isn't in that realm of gangster uh like work anymore. Um prior to the game, Franklin was the stereotypical gangster high schooler that um acted out, flunked out and just wanted to be a game banger then he went to jail and he realized this wasn't what he wants to do so he tried to find a legitimate work and then he gets wrapped up in michael and trevor's like escapades but the fact that he was a part of a game doesn't define him it used to he he used to let him being a game member define him but when he had that moment that character development that eureka moment uh, he he stopped letting the game and the gang interact uh with everything in his life and he wanted to make a change on his own life which just gives him that added layer of depth that cj just didn't have uh he actually uh acts as the moral compass and the buffer to the three protagonists um so we have michael who is your typical your typical gta uh protagonist um especially like if you remember vice city um yeah his progression follows kind of like similar to those main characters um kind of sort of like nico but not as interesting um then we have trevor who is just crazy just crazy really out there um but the use of three protagonists really shows gives you three different play styles and just really uh 
creates genuine interaction between three main characters. Also, the use of character development and character arc shows more than what's easily seen. You can easily write off Franklin as a gangster or um, someone of that uh, ghetto neighborhood archetype. But if you play the game and play as Franklin not in main missions, you really get to see the kind of change that he has like through interactions with his family and people from his neighborhood showing, uh, are you going into work today or um, did you go into work yesterday? They really uh, personify Franklin's change to becoming more than just that standard stereotype that um, we can see just by booting up the game. It's the writing, um, the extra lines, the interactions with the city around him, just like Lincoln and New Bordeaux, which really creates a environment that lives and breathes around them and makes the depth of that story and that depth of that character more than meets the eye. Now, in my opinion, Franklin is the best character to play as uh, when you go into his hometown or his uh, part of Los Santos is something completely different than Michael's part of Los Santos or Trevor's. And it really makes it feel more lively and more live-like. But I want to know who you guys played. So if you want to hit me up at on Twitter at G-A-S underscore podcast or at I Black Apollo and tell me who you played. Um, that'll be something cool that you guys can tell me and show that people are actually out here listening to it. So, um, yeah, he Franklin just has really cool interactions with everybody around him. So, does it sell? Yes, 80 million copies and it's still one of the most downloaded games uh, recently. Uh, I checked the PlayStation blog, and GTA Five was on one of the mo- one of the list of the most downloaded games of that month. So uh, I'll say it's doing pretty well, and I say people like Franklin. Uh, I I went on Reddit forums, and I saw that people's favorite character to play as was Franklin. So it was just really cool seeing how people love that diversity and that chance to play a black character that is written to be black and not um create your own character that just so happens to be black so um we're gonna wrap it up send into this final break and then we'll hit the closing segments and i'll tell you guys some news about this upcoming uh season of game and study All right, guys, so we're about to wrap up this episode, but I just want to say one last thing. This episode is a letter to say, I want the next generation of African-Americans coming up to see people like themselves on the screen all the time. Black Panther inspired a whole race to head to the movies. Because we wanted to see someone like us on the screen as a superhero, a part of Marvel. That's crazy to think about. We have a hero that can rival rival Iron Man and Superman. Not, Not in comic book terms, which he could, but just in sales alone, uh, Merc. Mar- merchandising comics we have that we have characters that could do that I need my Static Shock movie I'm serious I need my Static Shock movie I better see my I better see Virgil in production very soon with Shamik Moore as Virgil that would be beautiful 
And I also want to say that we did that, guys. I'm glad that you guys went out and supported Black Panther. Um, I know I I talked about it for months straight, but it's crazy to think that my parents are going to go see it. They hate superhero movies. My dad literally picked me up the other day and was like, yeah, we're going to see Black Panther because we we saw that there's a lot of black people in the cast and um, there's not that many superhero movies um, that have that. Um, and yes, I know we had Blade and we had Spawn and stuff like that, but nothing to this magnitude and it's just really cool seeing that right now. Also, the want for media to be consumed because on Hulu, Marvel created The Runaways, which has a diverse cast member, uh, members in their cast, uh, from parents to children, uh, there's always color to be seen. Uh, and it's a hit on Hulu. So let me see what else. Um, um, ah, A Wrinkle in Time. So you guys better go see A Wrinkle in Time with Ava DuVernay. Uh, that's something else that my uh, generation and race needs to show. Um, that that we're dreamers, we're creators, just like everybody else that has written media for hundreds of years. Now it's our turn. Now it's our turn to be on the screen. So thank you guys for listening. Go support black media. Um, and, yeah, follow me on Twitter, at uh, iBlackApollo, at GAS underscore podcast. And thank you guys for listening. And... Just remember, black media is cool, and it's here to stay. See you guys later, and peace.